that are happening elsewhere. Um, and yeah, I have a quick announcement, uh, a couple announcements before I do. The first, very important, please only take what you absolutely need for a day or two days max. We've uh, had a couple people coming and thinking it's okay to fill up for a week, uh, fill their truck up. You know, it, obviously it's for everybody these donations, but let's, you know, let's not take everything at once, let's spread it out. Um, and the other thing is that uh, we have, what was the other thing? I knew I was gonna forget. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I, that's all I got for now. Somebody remind me. But uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm gonna turn it over. Pastor Alex is going to uh, lead us in prayer and he's gonna say a few words. So uh, that's gonna get it. He's gonna kick us off. And then, you know, like I said, we welcome anybody to come on up here. If you, you know, wanna share the reason why you're here, you wanna share just something, you know, you're feeling passionately about, you just wanna tell a joke. Come on up. All right, everybody, they say, wakey, wakey, wakey. We're gonna stop the snake. This is the brother, Pastor Alex. I'm a missionary, I'm travel missionary. I'm here, why am I here? I'm a man of God, a pastor. Because it's a wonderful thing. These people are not crazy that these people that are here. I'm originally from Africa, I'm naturalized American. Why I naturalized American? Because it's a great country in the world, man. Where are you gonna be here? This is a great country, man. People different color, nationality, they make a great America. Yeah. So they award in the Jewish you say, Hine Matov. What does that mean? It means it's good for brothers to be together. So these people are not crazy, are wonderful people. And guess what? They're not minority. See the Democrat and the left see they've been putting on the social media. They're talking, oh the Congo is not that great and the people are going back home. I'm telling you this. We are not minority, we are majority. Hallelujah. <laughs> man, I tell you this. It's wonderful to be here, man. You know, I'm going to tell you this. God is walking here, brothers and sisters. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. Gideon had a lot of people coming to the uh, to join the army, right? But God told him, I need all 300 men. God is about quality. So it's not about how many people are here. Understand? And I'm going to tell you this. When you read the book of Kings, 2 Kings 1935, there was one angel smite the Assyrian. 185,000 Assyrian, they died for one angel. So we have many angels here in this, in this campus that are protecting us. Even everybody is infiltrating. A while after the witches that are infiltrating here, sent by the left here, God is going to expose them because we're going to get in some, some serious prayer. They're not going to stay here. I just want to say a quick word because it's, it sounds like it. This country, America, that we know is being founded and the principle of God. And we cannot put that away. We cannot. That's why the whole is going around the beltway, seven laps. It's come up from the book of Joshua. Joshua 6, that's what the children of Israel did. They went around the wall of Jericho and seven days, one, one lap a day. On the seventh day, they did it seven laps and the wall went down. So what we are doing here is a biblical brothers and sisters. I want to tell you this. Our weapon 
of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to, to the pulling down of the stronghold. Yeah, we got an AR-15 and AK-47, but guess what? They got a fighter jet. Understand? So we got we to put God in us. Man, they got a redneck high-tech stuff. We need God. Yeah. And I'm telling you because I'm only African redneck. Yeah? <laughs> I tell you this. We got to bundle up with the full armor of God. For God says in, in Ephesians 6, 12, 18, He says this. This is what God says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, we wrestle for four things. Against principalities, against power, against the rulers of this dark, darkness world. The ruler, president, who doesn't have God. These demons that are ruling us, brother and sister. Jezebel in the White House. These are dark rulers in this dark world. And the one thing, invisible armies of the demons, angels. He said, spiritual, spiritual, wicked. They are not good. Wicked forces in high places. That's all we are fighting. Even here, we may have some infiltrators. But we're going to pray. The Lord is going to reveal all. Why? Because America, we have sown into wind. And right now, I'm American. I'm, natu I'm a naturalized American, right? So we have sown into wind. And right now, we are, we are reaping in a, from the whirlwind. Why? Because we, the people, the people come from. Back in days, the people withdrew from the government. We kind of let them do our stuff. We don't, have, we don't show up in a school board, in a meeting. We kind of like lay back. Guess what happened? We, we, we withdrew from the government in education. And we failed to teach our children about the ways of God and the history of our nation. And, and, and our government, how it was designed to work. I'm telling this. There was a move of God back in the seventh, the Holy Spirit. But guess what? You focus on the return of Jesus. People think Jesus is going to come tomorrow. And they forgot to build this nation. Jesus said, do not worry about that time. Occupy. Do business. That's why we see these truckers over here. Truckers, they say, are more than cowboys. They are backbone of the American economy, man. You order someone right, you get it tomorrow. You know why you get tomorrow? Because the men and the women that are driving these trucks 24 hours on the road, they are the economy of America. So our, our, our back then, we forgot. We, we thought Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon, man. We, we cannot lean back, man. Get ready. And, and, uh, and we forgot to do what we're supposed to do. So we end up heading over to the, uh, uh, to the demonic forces, our government, and, and, uh, and education, and the media, and entertainment. There are demons that are entertaining us. What things they're doing is, is, is a wickedness. You cannot watch in the presence of your daughter, or your mama-in-law, or your mother. You cannot watch. It's demons. Hollywood means fallen angels. That's it. That's what it is. My God. But God is raising men, men and women right now. My spiritual mentor, our mentor, Pastor Greg Lowe, says revival is going to come through the back door. Revival is going to come through persecution. What is that? What does that mean, man of God? Mandate, mandate. Facebook shadow ban. TikTok shadow ban. Mandate, mandate, mandate. 
Countries like Australia, they're done. Australia, it's an island. Where are you going to go? You can't sail anywhere. They're done. They got their guns before. And they were so stupid that they let, let them take guns. Canada, our next door. It's, it's, it's done. It's only America. Why? Because you still allow men of God like me with a foreign accent to come and speak to you. If we're going to take you that away in this convoy, I'm telling you this. We need the angels of God, like an angel, one angel smite, 185,000 Assyrians smiting. Because these people, they're not just genius. They are wicked, they work with the devil, I'm telling you. It's a wicked forces in the Congress and, and in the White House. Everywhere. Everywhere. So as I pawned I at the status quo, I cannot help but think how far we're falling. But if not for the covenant promise of God, and say the second Corinthians or uh, second uh, Chronicles 7:14, if my people call by my name will humble themselves. It's not our guns, brother. If we pray, God is gonna turn the heart. Even our leaders on the people convoy, right now they're in Congress talking with the congressmen and the women and the leaders. Our prayer that God is gonna touch their heart, they're gonna listen our voice we need to raise prayer so they can listen our voices and the holy spirit was was speaking to us these people are broken even the, the truckers people come here the lord said i want those people to have a voice for two years they have been muffled their feeling has been hot they need a healing the lord want to build their faith back the lord said the people gonna get their voice back. They're gonna get their voice back. So right now here, there are a lot of people here. They have seen some people going home. The Lord said, "It's a prophetic word to come this morning." These people, they have so much they wanna say, and it's prophetic coming into fulfillment. A man of God, we did not share, we did not talk about it. He set up an open mic. He said, "Everybody come and talk." It's God because he told me this morning. People have so much in their heart. They want to speak. They want to share. So let's pray. Father, we pray the shalom of God. The peace that is going to be nothing broken, nothing missing in the midst of your people. We the people. You say, Emmanuel, the government is going to be upon your shoulder. We are the people that we pray for the God. God is over the government. Nothing else is golden cows. Legislatures, congressmen, if you put it that away, it's golden cow. Father, we welcome you. We're going to glorify you in the midst of this congregation. And Father, all the corrupt leaders, warlocks and witches will be exposed. In the name of Jesus, if anybody been sent to infiltrate it, to bring the spirit of confusion, will be exposed. We speak to one unit. Uh, one accord and the love here in my is good for brothers to be together and we stay in focus in focus brothers and sisters in the name of jesus christ we pray amen thank you so much pastor alex we're a beautiful man with a beautiful message and uh, a lot of love in his heart now there there is one thing that that I did want to address that you said and it was um, specifically about Canada and saying 
And, and, and I absolutely agree. It's it, 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 the same thing with Australia. It's become an authoritative, authoritarian state. But we cannot turn our backs on our brothers and sisters. Canada started this truckers movement. We have to give them all the respect in the world for that. And we have to free our brothers and sisters around the world. This is not, obviously our house is on fire. We have to focus on our own country. But we also have to keep in mind that there are many free people around the world and it is time for us to unite. Yes. So don't turn your back. Listen, I, I, I definitely had a sinister perspective of the world and I thought that there was no hope. And then I came here. Same. And my faith in humanity was restored. And I'm coming closer to God as well, and that's something that uh, that's something I have a, a lot of you to thank for. So if we have anybody else, uh, anybody else want to come on up? We uh, we've got two mics, so if if we want to have a conversation between a couple people, yeah, come on up, brother. Just introduce yourself. Are you live right now, Ricky? We're live. You're live. Justin, and uh, this is why I don't publicly speak or anything like that, but uh, I've gotten to know a lot of people here, and uh, state by state, journey by journey, God is doing some great things in this whole uh, convoy, and he's picking up the morale of America, community by community, and it's awesome to see the, the joy and the love of people feeling like we're together, we're, we're unified in some type of way, and uh, man, I've met some awesome people here. And uh, I feel like God has brought us all for a purpose. He's definitely brought me here for confirmation. And, uh, and to speak similar to the same thing Alex, my brother Alex right here said, and uh, that's revival. And uh, we've had so many years of just confusion and uh, people, you know, bearing arms or whatever and coming up with ideas and waiting for a revolution. And man, we had such an opportunity, thank God, because of the Canadian truckers to love and unify and seek revival and let God do the rest. We just step boldly, Joshua 1.9, and let God do the rest and not be afraid. God would change this nation by bringing us all together. And uh, I just want to, I just want to say that that uh, I feel like God today is, is calling me to be a gatherer. And anybody that uh, wants to unify and actually come together um, in a small circle, I mean, just a few, whatever, and pray. Um, maybe go through the uh, roller coaster of emotions that this is taxing so many on, uh, whether it's financial or struggling sleeping in your cars or just wanting to be lifted up in prayer or seek God's word, whatever it is. Um, I don't know where, but we would find somewhere and uh, just, just find me and, and if you're my brothers in Christ and maybe uh, just seek the Lord and, and uh, trust Him and His word to be fruitful and, and, and power us and keep us striving forward to the, to the goal, you know. And, uh, in fewer words, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> and uh, I also want to say a prayer over us if, uh, if everybody would bow their heads with me. Lord, Father God, uh, you are too good at all the time. And uh, what little faith we have when we choose not to believe. I mean, just the wonders of your creation that we experience from West Coast to East Coast just shows us how uh, beautiful you are in your creation. Um, would you just clothe over our leaders with wisdom and, uh, and courage and, and courageousness uh, as they go about these meetings with these politicians? Would you help us uh, trust you and would you make a way for the peaceful result to this to come about? 
We love you, Lord. We seek you and we praise your name. We lift you up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. That was beautiful. Now, uh, again, really, I welcome anyone to come up. Even if you uh, don't have anything powerful to say, you can tell a joke. You can uh, sing a song. Whatever you'd like. Like I said, this is a, a, you know, a free platform. I'd like to think this is the freest platform that we have in the country at this moment. Is right here. So again, you're not going to get banned off of nothing. Nobody's going to unplug you. Come up, say what you want to say, and uh, let's have a conversation about it. Dinner at 6. Howdy everybody, my name is Chris Chu. I'm here to talk to y'all a little bit about the philosophy side of liberty. Uh, first of all, um, to address some of these mandates, the mask mandates, um, the vaccination mandates, the politicians don't own us, first and foremost. And in the Declaration of Independence it said, governments derive their just power from the consent of the government. And I just want to say where governance is necessary, consent necessarily cannot exist. Beyond that, I just want to say, right and wrong, right and wrong are not determined by politicians, and they're not determined by elections. Right and wrong is something that exists outside of that. Some people call it God's law, some people call it natural law. And I'm here to just encourage folks to uh, consider for themselves if it's not right for you to do something, it's not right for you to ask the government to do something on your behalf. It's not right for you to ask a politician to rule over your neighbor if your, rule, if your neighbor does not wish to be ruled over by that politician. You have a right to seek you have a right to seek leaders for yourself, but you have no right to impose rulers upon others. And I think that's what's gotten us in the place we are today, where people are attempting to impose their rule upon others through the proxy of the state via the ballot box. The ballot box. So I'm just asking y'all to consider, please consider for yourself, is what you're doing in the voting booth bringing this country closer to freedom? Are you letting your neighbors be free? Or are you just caught up in a political game? where you're trying to go to war with others, fighting for the lesser of two evils. Because the lesser of two evils is still evil. That's all I have to say. I'm short. I didn't get my daddy's six foot one. You know what I'm saying? I got my mama's, she was four nine, my dad's six one, so I'm like, I'm there. I'm taller than she was. That's all that matters, right? Alright, first and foremost, I want to thank every trucker here that's on this premises, amen? Because if it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't have toilet paper. We wouldn't have soaps. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of things in our house that if it wasn't for you gentlemen and you ladies, we wouldn't have those things in our home. So we can complain all we want, but you know what my father don't inhabit? Complaining. He don't inhabit murmuring. He says that he inhabits the praises of his people. How many of you here claim that Jesus is your father? Amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because as many believed on the name, he gave you power, right? To be a child of God. And that's important. You know what I mean? That he knows your name and he calls you son and daughter, right? I mean, I'm going to say I had my own business. Graham and Sons was my business in Florida. And when I moved here to Tennessee, we changed everything over to Tennessee, right? So I'm not saying that I started off making good money or nothing. So a brother come to me and he's like, hey, you know, how would you like to go to work with us at Clayton Homes? Clayton Appalachia in Clinton, Tennessee. 
I said, Bubba, I'm my own boss. I don't want to go work for the man. You know what I mean? I get to choose when I go to work. We get to choose when I come home. But he's like, dude, you, you make good money, man, like $32 an hour after you get your bonuses. Bubba, that's good money. I made $1,000 a week. Is that good money, anybody, $1,000 a week? All right. So how many of you here got kids? Uh, how would you feel if your son had to have brain surgery and you seen him with a tube down his throat and he couldn't breathe on his own because his brain wasn't functioning the way it should, right? So, yes, you know what I mean? You've got to go and take off work. So I get blessed. I'm on FMLA. Anybody know what FMLA is here? Family medical leave. I can't get fired for missing work, right? But I don't get paid for missing work. And that means when I'm not working, somebody else is doing my job. See what I mean? Is this cool? All right. So what I'm saying is I didn't want people to do my job. So I said, Lord, he was yours before he was mine. And I believe that in all my heart that my son was God's before God giving to me. Right? How many believe that? All right. So, I mean, I cried. Don't get me wrong because I didn't know if I was going to get to see my boy on this earth again, right? That hurts me as a daddy. I got four kids. I'm a grandpa. How many of you? I'm a grandpa, and I'm proud that I have a little a granddaughter, amen? All right. So, whatever, I go back to work. And, yes, I hear the COVID thing, and I hear this, and I hear that. It's every toolbox meeting. It's every morning. It's every time I turn on the TV. Mask, 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 mask. Shot, 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 shot. All right, so I'm not here to do all that, but I'm here to love on people, right? So what I'm saying is they pull me out of my job, and back top building been behind all day, and until I get to the top of my mobile home, I can't do my job, and we build eight houses a day every day, and you don't get to leave until your eight house is done. So if you're putting me in the class telling me for 45 minutes that a shop betters me as American, that there's places that I'm not going to be able to go without a card, Bubba, I'm not your boy. I'm not your boy. Oh, but it not only betters you as an American, but it betters your family. And I said, what do you mean it betters me and my family? I said, I stand on the rock of Christ. How many know here that I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and so do you? All right, so who's the great physician? Jesus. Amen. So he's the author and finisher of my faith today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a never-changing God. And what I'm telling you is he inhabits praise. So when we glorify him that we don't have to wear a mask no more in a hospital, just because we have to wear it now when we go to the hospital to see our kids, we believe by faith that we're not going to have to here right now. That as y'all circled around and you did your thing, how many of you were proclaiming in the name of Jesus these things to come to pass? That's where it is. It's faith is evidence of things not seen but hoped for, right? So we have faith that this mandate is dropping, that we don't have to wear a mask to go in to visit our family no more. You know what I mean? Because it makes me mad. Any store I go into, they say, sir, you got to put a mask on. I said, make me. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but you can't force me to do something unless it's a hospital. You know what I mean? And I get it when I go into that hospital. I need to put on a mask because they're sick people. So common sense says, I don't want nothing. You know what I mean? I don't believe in COVID. I bought COVID. It's under my feet. It's always been, it's never touched my family because I'm firm in my foundation. Just like when that guy told me, taking the shot betters me and his American. It not only betters me, it betters my family. He said, you're not only bettering your family, you're helping the company. 
He said that uh, we're off to the Johnson & Johnson and the Moderna here on site. We need 80 people to sign up today to get this shot. And I raised my hand. And that's when I said, I'm not your boy. And I said, if you don't mind, I get paid 7 to 3.30 to do a job that I do very well. I had 0.5 on my record, and I've been there almost two years, okay? And you could ask anybody, I, I work really well. So whatever, he says, if you get up, you're fired. I said, what do you mean I'm fired? I get paid to do a job. This ain't my job. And you know, he says, I'm not forcing you to take the shot, Felix. But I said, sir, you're forcing me to feel belittled because of my choice to stand for Jesus. How many want freedom to stand for Jesus? Okay, so how many of you shop at Walmart? Stop. If you believe in Jesus, shut Walmart down. All right? Shut Walmart down. Why don't you circle around Walmart for a while seven times and close it down? Because look, come here. Come here, my brother. Listen, I was in a fallen state. I smoked four ounces of marijuana a week because I hurt so bad in my flesh. I'm not lying to nobody. I ain't smoked in a whole month because this guy from Tanzania, Africa said, God told me to bring you with me. And as soon as that voice spoke through this man right here, I was immediately transfigured in my body. I didn't need medicine no more. I smoked eight blunts back to back, brother, and I couldn't get rid of my pain. I said, Lord, I said, is this stuff just trash? Or are you trying to tell me something? And then my phone rings. I'm in a jacuzzi tub trying to get the pain to go away. Epsom salt, you know what I'm saying? I don't take pills at all. I bind all pills. All pharmacia, I bind you, all right? So this brother said, God told me to bring you with me. And he spoke things that only God knew about me. So I said, you're not just a man of God, you're a prophet of God. So you're speaking the mysteries of God. So this man pulled me, we've been to Lakeland, Florida, where one man come telling him to shut up, that he was a third century world traveler from Ireland. How many believe that he was a third century world traveler from Ireland, or he was a demon? He was a demon, right? All right, so whatever, he goes to this man, immediately hits the ground. Stuff happened. Next thing you know, the cops show up and tell this brother, put your hands behind your back. I said, what? There ain't nobody going to jail. I said, Bubba, I said, we did what we came to do. I got in between this gentleman and a cop. I got in between this guy and a cop, okay? I said, ain't nobody going to jail. We did what we came here to do. There was one man got set free today. One man, he left the 99 to find one. Who believe that? Hallelujah. I thank God that I was at that one. You know what I'm saying? That I was astray. And God used this African from Tanzania to call me back home. Because I was a prodigal son. How many here today believe you're a prodigal child of God? That you have walked away from the things of God and you have walked upon your own flesh. God says, come home, child. Come home, child. That's important that he knows our name. I am nobody. I'm telling you right now. But everybody says, Felix, you don't give yourself no credit. Felix, you don't give this. I'm telling you, since I've been following Scott from Lakeland to Orlando, from Orlando to Nashville, from Nashville to Mount Juliet, from Mount Juliet to Washington, D.C., where we sat there and worshiped God at the Capitol, they wanted to tow my car. They backed up to my car, hooked up to it, and I looked at them hooking up to my car, and I said, Satan, I pray that that's not what I see, but I bind you. And this brother took off running, running. And we got a $50 fine, plus he paid $4.60 for parking. But God's paying that bill, amen? All right? So that was our national capital. They didn't like us worshiping at all up there. I'm just going to tell you right now. But we didn't do no preaching, preaching. We just 
Worship Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His grace, His mercy is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He has done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. All right, everybody's got an opinion of who Jesus is, but I'm telling you, he sets the captive free today. He wants these chains to fall off on us today. I don't have no Bible in my hand, do I? But boy, this is the fire of God falling out of my mouth because I know my Father in heaven. And he says he loves you today. He said that there's orphans out there, boy. And I didn't understand. He said, boy, they don't know me as their Savior. So I pray if you don't know him as your Savior, but when I walk over here, we'll have a talk, we'll hug, we'll cry, because that's the only reason why I'm here. I didn't come here to stand on the microphone. I didn't come here to be on the camera. God said that there's orphans out there to love them. Who am I if you can't come up to me and give me a hug and cry on my shoulder? Because that's why I'm here. He said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if I can't love on anybody out here on this field today, I might as well hang it up and drop the mic because I'm not worthy. He said, if you love your son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. How many heard that I had a granddaughter and I was ministering the gospel with this brother from Tanzania? I told my son, I can't call him son, I gotta call him man of God. It's so hard, man, 19 years of calling this boy's son. But I'm telling you, God said, you can't call him son no more, he's mine. He's mine. So I can call him man of God. So as soon as I told him, I said, man of God, come meet the man of God. The baby busted the water and we immediately you know, she went to the hospital, blah, 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 to have the baby. We went to Washington for Jesus. And I told my son, I'm going to Washington to preach the gospel. You're going to be at the hospital. I can't go in the hospital because you're only one person allowed in there besides the mama and the baby. And you got to wear a mask to go in there anyway. I said, how am I going to kiss my granddaughter through a mask? I said, I'm buying that. I ain't going. I said, I'll see that baby when she gets home. My granddaughter was only in the hospital two days. And she got to come home. I got to see her on her three-day-old. We came back from West Virginia where God did great and mighty things. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to do great and mighty things to his convoy. He's tearing down walls, just like the wall of Jericho. Just like I told this brother right here, he tore the veil so that we could enter into his courts with thanksgiving. And we could enter into his gates with praise. You understand? It's the praise that he inhabits today. You want to see things change? Glorify. Give him praise. Give him praise for the things that you don't see that you hope for, right? Give him glory today. I'm going to tell you he inhabits it. He's coming. He's coming. I'm telling you he's coming. So I thank y'all for allowing me to talk on this mic. I thank y'all for the, uh, uh, the ability because I feel him today. So like I said, I'm not here to condemn nobody because we're all children of God. We were all created in the likeness of God. Am I telling the truth? He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And he took the dust of the earth and he breathed into the nostrils and created a living being today. He created us today. And he's restoring us today. I'm telling you, if there's any hurt, if there's any brokenness, he can mend it. Oh my God, I'm telling you, he didn't only build tables, he didn't only mend doors, he caused the blind to see. I'm going to tell you, he went to that blind man, and that blind man, that blind man had never seen before. Do you understand what I'm saying today? That blind man had never seen before, but when Jesus took the mud and spit on it and put it on his eyes, he said, what do you see? And the man said, I see men, and they look as a tree. That man had never seen a man before, and he had never seen a tree before, because he didn't have eyes to see, did he not? But I tell you, even my Savior Jesus Christ had to pray for that man a second time. 
He prayed for that man a second time, did he not? And I'm telling you, that man said, I see men, and they're more clear. So God called us to be into the tree today. He says that the tree that don't bear fruit, it gets hewn down, right? So I pray that y'all tasted the fruit and that it tastes good. I don't want this fruit to be bitter in anybody's mouth. I don't want my fruit to be bitter in anybody's mouth. What is your favorite fruit, sir? Orange. You know if the orange is rotten, don't you? Mm, come on now. I don't want to be a rotten orange today. I don't want to be a rotten orange today. But I thank God right now that he's touching hearts. So I'm going to give this mic to the next person. And I'm going to go back here to the back of this trailer. And if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, come. He said, come, all that are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. That's not some willy-nilly promise. That's a promise of your Father. He wants you to overcome that which tempts and draws you away from him. He wants you to come and give you his burdens today. I don't have a Bible, do I? Have I stayed in the Word of God? Does anybody know God like that? That is in my heart. He said to love him with all my heart, mind, and soul. And the second is the same. And I'm going to love all my neighbors today. Wherever I am, come find me. I won't leave. Uh, it's about y'all. It's not about me. It's about y'all and what you're doing out here. You're setting the captives free. You're setting the captives free. Y'all are breaking the chains of this world. And you don't even go in pray. You realize what y'all are doing. This ain't going unnoticed. Your Father in heaven hears your cries today. He loves you today. He's always loved you, but you felt like orphans. He said that you felt like you were unloved. He said that you felt the doubt that you were worthy to call upon him. But I'm telling you, he says, cast your cares upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I thank God that he took a nobody and he called him a somebody in the kingdom of heaven. He called me a somebody, and I thank God that he has called me faithful today. This man back here in this black truck, he sold gas money under me to be here today. I had 82 cents in a bank account. This guy said, Felix, I need you. I need you to come to the convoy, Felix. I need you to come to the convoy. And I said, brother, I have 82 cents to my name. And this brother right here sold into my cash app. And I jumped. I, I said, I just need one bowl of chili because I, I take brisket and I cut it and I season it and I run it through a grinder and I make my own chili with corn and onions and kidney beans. And, and God bless y'all today. He's, I, I got to give it up. Blow that thing, brother. Come on. All right, let's give it up for him. He said he ain't come here to talk on the mic, but he could have gone for another half an hour. I mean, my God. All right, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have, yeah, like I said, anyone who wants to come up and, uh, and say a few words? A few words? <laughs> no, please. Uh, we, we're, we're open and welcome to everyone. And uh, I'm, I'm now going to hand the mic over, and we're going to have a, a little poetry reading. Um, so if everyone can, you know, we can have everyone's attention. Hi, everybody. I found it interesting to read about myself in the paper, which happens quite often. But uh, it was interesting. It's always interesting to see what the news leaves out about me and what they include. 
So they managed to say some things, but they also managed to forget very important detail about me. They'll feel. I am Master Sergeant Retired Mickey Lynn Larson Olson, Iraq War Veteran Navy Mom. Please make sure any reporters, please get it down this time. You seem to always forget that part. But I wanted to share something with you, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to not take up too much of your time today because I really just want to share what I, I share with a lot of people, and that's my poem I wrote after 9-11, and um, you know, my thoughts have changed a bit, so I'm just going to read this as is, as I have it and hand out at places all over the country. Uh, and that is, I wrote this poem as Tech Sergeant Mickey L. Larson Olson a few days after the September 11, 2001 attacks. I served in Baghdad, Iraq from May 11, 2007 through November 17, 2007 as a Master Sergeant. I retired from the Air Force after 21 years of service. I am now a proud General Flint digital soldier. God helped me with these words after much prayer after the attacks of 9-11. I know the truth about those attacks now. My prayer is that all enemies, foreign and domestic, that are responsible for that evil on that day and all subsequent evil that arose from it are punished to the fullest extent of the law and in keeping with God's will for all. Anyone that stole a voice from our collective voice, our government of we the people, of the people, by the people, for the people is also a terrorist. And if they are an American citizen, they are a traitor. They made the decision that we the people no longer have a right to govern ourselves. We the people are ready to fight. Diamonds are coal under pressure, be the diamond. And never let anyone or anything dull your shine. Shine like the brightest star that you are. The best is yet to come. Justice will be served. Where we go one, we go all is how we make tyranny fall. Patriots, it's time to stand tall. And thank you, truckers, for doing that and showing us all how it's done right here in America. God bless you in America, and here's my We're Ready to Fight poem. And I do believe, I sat there and I was getting ready to read this. Uh, President Trump was out in South Dakota, 4th of July weekend, 2020. I helped organize the first Q rally, and I was able to share this with everybody. And a couple days before that, I was sitting in my room trying to, you know, uh, get my thoughts together on it. And I, I thought to myself, did God give me these words for then after 9-11? Or did he give them to me for right now? Right now. And I believe I, it's both. He gave it to me for then and now. And I just cried uncontrollably when I had to realize that. So hopefully... These words will hit all of you, and um, hopefully I'm not wasting your time because I truly believe the most precious gift you can give another person is your time. It's finite. You can't take it back. Once it's gone, it's gone. So we're ready to fight. It's come time for us to fight for the U.S. of A, to show those terrorists that they will pay. It's come time for us to take a stand. It's come time for us to fight for our great land. We need to fight for the good of all because there are so many that are truly appalled. We have a nation that is exceptionally great. The ones that did this are full of hate. They have no idea how strong we are. 
We're even stronger now, stronger by far. We won't hide behind closed doors. We won't do that anymore. Yes, we would be more aware. What they did just wasn't fair. As a member of the United States Air Force, if the president asks me to go to war, I have only one answer. Yes, sir, of course. I can do this, you see, because this country means so much to me. What you need to know right now is all of us in uniform have taken a vow to fight for our freedom and all of our rights, and for that we are willing to sacrifice. That day of September 11, the day so many left us and went to heaven, we all saw the horror. That very second our tears began to pour. This pain will never go away. We lost sons, daughters, husbands, fathers, wives, mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, brothers, sisters, friends, co-workers on that day. Those terrorists will soon realize our country is here to stay. We stand united, this much is true. We will fight for our red, white, and blue. So to everyone you see, we're ready to fight for the land of the free. So continue to wave our flag real proud and remember what we all vowed. Don't lose your faith in the Lord. You'll need it more now than ever before. You don't have to wear your nation's uniform to fight for your country. And God bless every single one of you and everyone around the world that is standing up against tyranny and fighting wherever you are. I want you to go do me two things. You need to look at two things. I'm going to give up the mic. I need you to go to murderbydecree.com. You will find that there was an international conviction, 15 January 2022, against the fake Queen of England, the Pope, Pfizer, 75 people. The 13-page PDF. It's illegal to even have that quack scene, let alone inject it. Go read it for yourself. They did horrible, evil things creating that quack scene. I need you to go to murderbydecree.com. I also need you all to take on your elected officials by going and doing bonds for the win. Every elected official has to be, every elected official has to be bonded to the Constitution. You can go to bonds for the win. They'll help you if you have an elected official that's violating your constitutional rights. Trust me, they'll bow down to you because they can't afford those deductibles. I have a friend doing it out in New Hampshire, the AG out there, that corrupt AG. $1.4 million just for his deductible on his bond. And businesses also most carry bonds. So if you have a business that's violating your rights, step up and uh, we can all work on this together. We can only rise this republic if we all, we the people, stand up. So thank you all so much for giving me your time. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. That's what it's all about, people. Freedom of speech, freedom of choice, you know, just the right to gather and be children of God. I mean, come on, let's hear it for that. Hi. I'm Hal. Hi, Hal. I'm out of my element. I'm not used to standing in front of people and talking. I'm not a preacher. I'm here to tell you on June 29th, I died and came back. I was infected by injected people. No, I'm not telling you, you can just be around infected people, injected people, but 
I was in an office, they all got injected, and I was there for five hours. I came home sick June the 29th, I bled to death in the hospital. I got 10 units of blood, two units of frozen platelets, four different broad-spectrum antibiotics, and a unit of iron. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I knew what was wrong with me, but they wouldn't listen. Last thing I remember on the ER, the blood was coming out of my bottom, gallons of it. I'm lying, the last thing I remember is, I said, I'm bleeding! And then I was gone. I went through the tunnel. I lived part of my life, I saw it. I saw what I would regret if I died right there. Things that I have not accomplished in my life. I got to the other side. They said, how? Have you accomplished your mission on this earth? I said, well, I don't think so. I've been in service to homeless dogs for 13 years. I haven't helped people. God said I gotta be here for the people. And I'm here for the truckers. God sent me here today. I'm here for you. I'm here if you need something, you see me, I'll find it here. I'm here with the support for the truckers. This little girl here is my friend. I just met her out here. This is the future of America. Amen. You cannot put the poison in children. It's a crime against humanity to put that poison in children. December 2019, I knew. I knew this was a lie. It's a manufactured biological weapon. It's been sent out here to kill our elderly and our sick because they want to clear the hospitals and the nursing homes and get rid of all the sick people. 80% of the people that died were over the age of 70. Asking you to put a mask on, telling you you have to put a mask on is a crime against humanity. Telling you have to get a lethal injection to go to a church or school or work or you can't come to work unless you're injected. Crimes against humanity. Thank you all. God bless the truckers. The truckers are the freedom fighters of the United States of America. The truckers are here to enforce our constitution, our civil rights. We don't have civil rights the last two years. When you need something, you find me. I'll be over here around these two tents, the red and white tents. Thank you. We'll be here. We'll be here if you remember. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have two public service announcements. We have more than a month's worth of food over here for the truckers. You're to help yourself, but be respectful of others. Do not take more than your share. You take more than your share, God's coming after you. I know that for a fact. God came to me. And he said, this isn't right. One more announcement. 
Very nice lady over here is collecting laundry to do. You got laundry to you? Please don't bring all of it. Bring what you need essential. Right over here there's a sign. There's bags. Sign up. Get your laundry done. Now while they're doing our laundry and they are cooking for us, they should not have to clean up after you. They are not your mother, okay? And your mother should not have to clean up after you. Come on. All right, I'm gonna pass it on over. Again, if you have something you wanna say, if you uh, you know have a story that you wanna tell, come on up. Hello everybody, my name is Dominic. I'm a Marylander. Thank you guys for bringing this wonderful, wonderful thing here to my great state. Um, I've lived here my entire life. A little bit of backstory about me, and then I'm gonna do two raps in poem form because there's no beat. Alright, so look, the backstory is when I was 13 years old, I started down a life of crime. I started stealing cars, stealing out of cars, wound up get, uh, stealing a handgun out of a military police officer's vehicle. Boom, I'm gone. I was in I was in Hagerstown uh, State Prison, right down the street, on uh, a few miles down the street, honestly. Uh, for four years, got out in, in uh, 2018, and I just got off of probation last month. Alright, so that's uh, the backstory of the one last thing. Other than the one last thing as well, um, back in 2020, COVID struck the world. Uh, it never really touched my family or me in any manner, way, shape, or form other than the mask. Everybody had to, had to deal with that. Uh, but in 2020, my father was brutally murdered, um, and it was in our own home that we grew up in. My little sister was upstairs. So there's a lot of corruption going on in our government. He was released on, uh, or because of COVID, pending charges uh, on a burglary case, and then he went back and went and burglarized my dad's house and killed him. So. Um, we're gonna go ahead and start with uh, with one of the raps that I wrote while I was in prison, and here it goes. For those of you unbelievers, I wanna uh, wanna make it clear: God loves you so much that He renamed the years before Christ. Although the main is the year of the Lord, you're the one who came to save me. Talking about Jesus Christ, man born by the Virgin. If you don't know, then you better start learning. Cause the day is near, you know when the world ends. When he comes to save you from the devil, who's got you thinking that even Messiah, buddy, ain't? I will tell you, he will pull you away from your true Savior. You'll be walking away from God every day. You won't know. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You thought he had let you go, but he didn't. That I know, cause he came down to save you. Someone Satan back from down below, but trust me, we can let him know that everybody hating on him, cause he's driving up to hell. Seven little kids that's in my bringing guns to show and tell Bringing out the darkness when we want to see the light Lying in our faces telling us the sin is right We need to be strong and stay away from sin Drawing nearer to our God because his life is near the end Alright, now here's my most, one of my most recent ones Alright, and this is going to hit home for a lot of people I'm sure Alright America's a powder keg ready to blow. I write in submission to God's holy flow. I speak in submission to the things that I know and I listen closely to the things that I don't. So listen closely and see what you want. Revelations is here, it's no longer a joke. When he comes on the clouds, don't know not how you feel, it's a fire. Come and warm up and give it a poke. You say you're woke, but you're leaving God out of your mouth. Don't believe that's okay, that ain't what the song's about. Keep it quiet, I'm just a teapot, eating my spout. God fills me up and leaves just the words that come out. But honestly, I ain't leaving any doubt. All the words that we speak can no longer amount to bigger questions we ask as our conscience pulling the strings. But when we think 
take too deep out in the demons come out well. I ain't taking any chances, but I will say my opinion. Everybody's crazy, but there's truth in every single sentence. Truth in every single action. Truth in every facial reaction. Truth in every joke you tell, but everyone's a sense of laughing. And now the challenges we face today are starting to have chain reactions, blowing up on people just because they have a different path. And if they see it, if they speak on something you don't like, then it's a fight. But if they hold on to the truth, you might just gain some traction. And thank you to the truckers as well for finally putting on the stand that America needed. All right, thank you for all the support to everybody. I just came on to this convoy and I don't think I'm going to leave it. All right, just saying. Wow. All right. We got some performers in the building. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, real quick announcement before we uh, turn it over to the next person. We have a uh, driver's daily log here given to one of the truckers uh, as he was passing through. He's not real sure which state it was. He's coming all the way from the West Coast, right? Is that right, sir? And uh, this was given to him by uh, a, a family. Uh, but from what I understand, a gentleman by the name of Kenneth Pratt. Did I say that right? Oh, Kenneth Pruitt. Pruitt. Kenneth Pruitt. Uh, been driving a truck since he was 16 years old. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2020. Um, but this book right here uh, is something that his family, they just asked this gentleman to take it along with them, to take it to the, to the, the center of the convoy. So if you would all sign it, if you would all come up and sign this, that would mean a lot to this family. Said all of this will lead to. 
The vaccine has been used by the powers that be to force people into compliance, as everybody here already understands. It all began with the masks, however. The man of sin needed to see if the world's population was ready to be subjugated. He needed to see if he could cause people to obey him in his long prophesied push toward compliance with his mark. And as you have clearly seen, the experiment worked. With no evidence whatsoever, the people have blindly complied with unjustified commands from the powers that be. Then came the vaccine, which has already crippled and destroyed many lives. Many have died within seconds of getting jabbed. Though it is touted in the media as safe, statistics show otherwise. When an FDA hearing about the effectiveness of the COVID vaccine clearly shows that there has been a 1,000% rise in adverse effects from this vaccine than all other vaccines over the past 10 years combined, we need to be studying why the narrative is so slanted in one direction. When athletes who are at the top of their game start having, uh, start having deadly heart attacks uh, while they're on the field, and the only thing they have in common is that they receive the vaccine, which is already known to negatively affect the heart, then some red flags should be raised. In Luke 21, 26, it says, men's hearts failing them for fear. The fear-based narrative from those in power has moved people to hate their own neighbors to the point that many have lost their lives in altercations about the wearing of masks and receiving of the vaccine. In Revelation 12, 12, it says, the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath a short time. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to be destroyed. And so you see his hand is very obvious today. What the dying God of this world needs to find out is where the real Christians are. So he has used the COVID vaccine in an attempt to root us out. He has made the procedure a religious matter. But how? Well, in the beginning, if any of you can recall back into the beginning when uh, when this pandemic was coming out, it was openly declared that swine was used in the vaccines. It was also openly declared that aborted human fetal cells were used at some point in the manufacturing process. Then a couple months went by and, uh, and all the media sources were saying that only tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists believe that there is aborted human fetal cells in the vaccine while at the same time erasing all traces of what they were saying during the first couple months. Praise the Lord. It has recently been proven by Project Veritas that the big three manufacturers have been intentionally suppressing the information that, yes, aborted human fetal cells have been used in the manufacturing process of their vaccines. And it isn't a stretch to believe that if they were suppressing that information from the public, then they are also suppressing the information about swine cells being in there as well. Satan needs to know where the real Christians are so that by the time the religious laws are enforced in the United States and around the world, and his mark of Sunday keeping is being enforced, it will be that much easier to attack us. Revelation 13:15 says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause, that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. In Revelation 14, verses 9 and 11, it says, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand, and the smoke of his and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And yes, there will be religious laws, because wherever you see the word image, or wherever you see the words mark of the beast mentioned, 
it is mentioned right alongside the word worship. So, he needs to start now. Using the COVID vaccine is a great way to know who we are because no Christian in their right mind would willingly, after having the knowledge of what is in the vaccine, would willingly take it. Using the COVID oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so he needs to start now. Using the COVID vaccine is a great way to know who we are because no Christian in their right mind would willingly put aborted human fetal cells into their bodies as that is an act of condoning murder according to commandment number six in Exodus 20:13, which says thou shalt not kill. Nor would any obedient Christian allow swine cells into their bodies either because the, I mean, the health, the health, and, uh, the health message of Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14 is still valid today and that's confirmed in Acts chapter 10. Most Christians are unaware that allowing pig cells into their bodies serves to defile their bodies. The pastors are to blame here, the leadership, not the lay people. Their pastors are to blame here because when a pastor is living in disobedience, he will not be blessed with God-given discernment to know right from wrong. Because of his disobedience, he will also lead his flock in the same disobedience. It is the blind leading the blind. But well-educated Christians, already know that pig is unfit for human consumption and defiles the body. As a result, they will reject the vaccine, praise the Lord. And it's not like the Lord failed to warn us either, because again, for the first two to three months that the vaccine was being touted, it was widely declared to contain both human and pig cells. Our God never forces us into any decision. When the... Um, what he does is he allows us to make an informed decision all on our own so he can see who loves him and who does not. The only way to make an informed decision is to have the information necessary to make such a decision. So God allowed the proper information to come out right at the beginning as a loving warning for his children. In 1 John 1.9 it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for those who have already chosen to receive the vaccine, please know that there is still time to repent. While you are blessed to have the breath in your lungs, you have every opportunity to repent. And that goes for all of us who are in sin, which is all of us. So we are promised in Revelation 14, 12 that obedient Christians who have Christ as Lord will never get the mark because it says in Revelation 14, 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God, and the faith of Jesus. Satan knows that through the disobedience he has taught the billions of lukewarm uh, through the billions of lukewarm Christians, he can cause all of them to fall for his mark in the end. After all, the overwhelming majority of Christian churches already claim that Sunday is the Lord's day. Because of that, it will be effortless to get these billions of Christians to accept the mark. Bible prophecy declares that the first beast of Revelation will use drugs to manipulate the public at large. This prophecy states that this beast in Rome will use sorceries to deceive the world. In Revelation 18.23 it says, By thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And according to Strong's Concordance number 5331, sorceries is translated from the Greek which means pharmakeia. Pharmakeia is where we get our modern word for pharmacy. That is, by extension, magic, sorcery, or witchcraft. Here we get to the main purpose of the vaccine. And please pay attention here if you are listening. The main purpose of what we're talking about here, the main purpose of the vaccine is this. It is merely a test 
to see how easy it will be to manipulate and force the populations of the world to comply with any sort of foul government declaration. The vaccine is being used as a practice run on enforcing religious laws. Soon, the devil will use his long prophesied weapon of climate change in place of the vaccine to force people into compliance. A quote here from the Club of Rome is this, the common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself." End quote. One of his main tactics in forcing people to bow to him is by attacking their livelihood. The Bible calls this the buy and sell prophecy. In Revelation 13, 17, it says, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And you are seeing the test run for this as we speak. Right now, right in front of your eyes, you are seeing the test run for this. You may know a person or two who has lost their job due to their brave stand against the force of vaccination mandate. And some of you, if not the majority of you standing here, are the people I'm talking about. Satan's man of sin in Rome is claiming that the natural disasters we are seeing, which will get worse, are due to man-made climate change. But we all know that this is a farce. He will then go on to say that the weather calamities can only be stopped by keeping the man-made tradition of Sunday keeping. But every student of prophecy knows that the weather calamities are only the final signs of our king's return. Attacking the livelihood of people is a most effective tool of the devil because the majority of Christians do not actually trust in the Lord to take care of them. Instead, they bow at the altar of money, which says in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It is their money they worship. Their money is their savior. Their money is their God. And when their money is threatened, it will be clear for all eyes that see that their faith was nothing more than a house of cards. In Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21, it says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and Anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. When that slight breeze of oppression blows, their faith will fall, and they will accept the mark to preserve their lives and their livelihoods, just like so many accepted the vaccine to preserve their livelihoods today. Matthew 16.25 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Most Christians today will do whatever their government asks them because they have been taught to obey man rather than God. But it says in Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than man. They have been taught to listen to, believe, trust, and obey their pastors and politicians over and above the God who bought them with his own blood. Every obedient student of prophecy knows that the mark of the beast is a religious law. And that religious law has to do with the forced compliance of Satan's counterfeit Sabbath, which we know today as Sunday people. This is no surprise, since his man of sin in the Vatican has openly declared what their mark is, 
Listen to these two quotes from, from verified Vatican sources. Quote, of course the Catholic Church claims that the change, Saturday Sabbath to Sunday, was her act, and the act is a mark of her ecclesiastical authority in religious things. That's from H.F. Thomas, who was the Chancellor of Cardinal Gibbons. And also this next quote, Sunday is our mark of authority. The Church is above the Bible. And this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact, end quote. That's from the Catholic Record of London, Ontario, September 1st, 1923. They openly admit that this is their mark. It is not far-fetched to say that Sunday laws will be enforced because the test run of such laws went flawlessly the first time they came around. Roman Catholic President John F. Kennedy first signed Sunday laws into existence, which we call blue laws. These laws forced all government agencies to close on Sundays. Though these laws applied to government agencies, many private businesses wanted to show their loyalty by also closing on Sundays. Even today, the majority of businesses close on Sunday in honor of the Pope's mandate. Then, President Bush signed away the foundation of the American Constitution when on March 7, 2006, he made all churches who hold a 501c3 contract official government agents with the power to legislate law. The date on which President Bush did this is also important because it was on March 7, 321 AD that Constantine made the first Sunday laws. From there, President Trump on December 2, 2017 made it legal for preachers to lobby for religious laws from the pulpit. How can a preacher lead their flock correctly when they disobediently join their church with the state by getting a 501c3 contract which fulfills the prophecy of creating an image to the beast. In Luke 20, 25 it says, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. That's where we get the separation of church and state. But any church with a 501c3 contract has willingly violated the command of Christ to separate. So the only way to receive a 501c3 contract is to incorporate your church with the state. So again, how can a preacher lead their flock correctly when he leads them away from obeying God's fourth commandment about his seventh-day Sabbath? And no, I am not an SDA before anybody asks. This disobedience is what the devil was counting on, so that when it comes time to enforce his mark upon the world, most Christians will be unprepared. The bottom line is this. Everything we are seeing in the world is leading to one thing, enforcement of Satan's mark. As we speak, the vaccine is being used to lay the foundation needed to enforce the mark. The laws, regulations, and ordinances that have been made during the past basically two years are designed to force the public into compliance with government demands. This foundation is absolutely necessary for the mark of the beast to be enforced with as little pushback as possible. The man of sin in Rome knows that the only way to enforce his dying God's will upon mankind is by way of a global government structured in a socialist format. This is precisely why you have seen such a heavy push globally for socialism. This is why you have seen constitutions worldwide being rewritten, most especially the Constitution of the United States. Satan knows that he has little time left, so his moves have been extremely obvious as of late. As he pushes his man of sin in the Vatican even harder, we see socialism making serious headway in the world. This is the only format of government which can be used to dominate all peoples in all places. 
And make no mistake, Christian prophecy is 100% accurate. Unfortunately, socialism will happen because Christian prophecy never fails. And the vaccine is a massive stepping stone in making that happen. In other words, as I conclude this, and I thank you again for your patience. In other words, the vaccine is not the main point of what we are seeing today, though depopulation is part of the agenda. The main point of the vaccines and the vaccine mandates is this. It is the infrastructure being built up around the vaccine. Like I said earlier, the vaccine will eventually take second place to climate change, but the talking points will all be the same. Segregate and lock down anyone who refuses to adhere to the climate change agenda. As you can see, the laws are already in place to lock people down for as long as they deem necessary. From there, climate change will be used to enforce the march. And that mark will come into force through the 501c3 churches who now have the legal ability to legislate law. They will use that ability to legislate for Sunday compliance. It is now time to get right with the Lord. His prophecies have always come true with 100% accuracy. And it is no different in our time. All the final prophecies are set in place and ready to be fulfilled sooner rather than later. We have precious little time left and we need to be prepared for our Savior's return. And so please, repent of all your known sins and give yourselves completely to the Lord. As it says in Matthew 6, 8, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He will never do you wrong. He will guide you. He will save you. He will provide for you everything that you need. And when his enemy tries to take away everything that you have, the Lord will still give you food, water, and everything else you require. Trust in him with all your heart and be ready to give your whole self to him, for he gave his whole life for you. I hope and pray that you were blessed by what you've heard here today. And if you would like, again, 4and7ministry.org or 4and7ministry on YouTube. So I apologize for taking so much time, but thank you for listening. God bless. Give it up for him one more time on Spreading Truth. Gentlemen came all the way from the Upper Peninsula to spread that message. So next I am honored to introduce a couple military men. Men of the Marines, right? You're a Marine. So uh, if, if everyone, if we can have your attention while these gentlemen speak, thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I promise I won't be that long. I just got a little story I thought you guys might like to hear. Apparently, Joe Biden was asleep in the White House. And he woke up and there's a ghost of Abe, excuse me, not Abe, a ghost of George Washington standing over him. And he looked up and he said, George, what can I do to make this country better? And George said, be honest with the American people the way that I was honest with them. She went back to sleep. And he woke up a little bit later, and Thomas Jefferson's ghost was standing there. And he said, Thomas Jefferson, what can I do to make this country better? He said, respect the Constitution of the United States the way that I did. Joe went back to sleep. And he woke up a few minutes later, and Abraham Lincoln's ghost was standing over him. And he said, Abraham Lincoln, what can I do to make this country better? And Abraham Lincoln thought for a minute, goes, 
I got an idea, Joe. Why don't you go see a play? Yeah, if we have any comedians in the building, let's get a little comedy show going, huh? Their families and visit friends. It's for the people who want their lives back. It's for 
hairdressers to cut hair, for restaurants to serve food, for the bars to play music, for students to learn, for the kids to be free, for people who want to work but are forced not to. This is for the people. This is for trying to silence honest, hardworking citizens. Never in my life I've ever seen the healthy punished and the sick untreated. That really bothers me. This is for the 300,000 surgeries that were canceled. My grandpa, one of them, who died because they wouldn't do surgery on him because he wasn't fucking vaccinated. It really hurts me. Um, this is for the exhausted nurses, teachers, and parents. This is for um, uh, all the people who died alone in hospitals without being able to hold their hands for their loved ones. All right. I just get, you know, I've gone on down, I skip a little bit, and I, I just say this is for all the frontline workers, delivery trucks, grocery stores, checks, check cashiers who are constantly working overtime, etc. This is for all of us. If you don't support the truckers, it's okay because, and this is what my final rant was before I closed it out. If mandates get lifted, I would like to remind you, you can still stay home. No one will rip the mask off your face. No one will force you to dine in a restaurant. You can drop your children off at their leisure activity and wait in the car. You can, st you can still say no to family gatherings and events you can live within your four walls and no one will stop you. We will not judge you for your choice. We will just be glad you have one. The, that is the point of freedom of choice. While you're comfortable where you are, we are comfortable moving with our lives. You stay safe. I will stay free. Semper Fi. the live stream today of our uh, organizers oh my gosh we are kicking some serious ass right now for me it was such a breath of fresh air to actually see genuine humanity authenticity care sharing in Washington DC humanness human connection in Washington DC I think that's a that's a huge win um, back towards the beginning of this pandemic uh, so I'm a coach, a counselor, and I had a client who I had done, we had done a lot of work together and he made huge improvements in his life. And then the pandemic hit and then he lost his job or he quit and he had to watch over his uh, newly born daughter. And then he couldn't leave the house because um, I can't remember the complication. His wife was a nurse, couldn't leave the house. And I saw him just get bottled up and um, he stopped the coaching with me and then two weeks later he hung himself. Um, so I blamed myself, of course. I, it, was, it, was, it was really hard on me. But he, I saw him work so hard just to take his life and I knew that, you know, I don't want to completely blame it on COVID, but I know that that had a big part to play in the irresponsible measures by uh, our officials. But he had a dream, Christopher. He had a dream of, of community, of working together, of solidarity. 
Um, and I'm just, I was just thinking about that today and I'm looking around and I'm like, man, look at what we've already accomplished. I mean, let alone, obviously we're sticking it to the man in DC, which is amazing. But like, just look here, look around what we're accomplishing. We're all united in a purpose. Look at everybody just giving free labor. Dude giving haircuts right there. People just donating food. We have a free grocery store over there. People are uh, monitoring traffic, mechanics, free healthcare. I mean, we have like our own intentional community here that just popped out of nothing. We are like together, in this together working. And when I think about like, yes, we gotta hold these psychopaths in Washington DC accountable for sure. But we also, I think, I just wanted to say, we need to create new systems. We need to depend on each other maybe instead of like a central banking system or instead of these failed uh, political institutions at the state and government level. Why couldn't something like this turn into maybe like growing our own food or something or like creating our own currency? I just want to bring that into the equation. Maybe part of the answer is like I, I am a co-founder of this group and I'm from Wisconsin called Dripless United for Health Freedom. And we have this like symbol with a woman with a shield up and a sword out like that. And the shield, it's like a defense and offensive strategy to like change the system. Half of it is we fight the restrictions uh, within the systems that exist. That's a shield. Sometimes we gotta resist like the vaccine mandates and the great evil. Sometimes we gotta resist. Sometimes there's a long-term offensive strategy though where maybe we gotta create new systems. Maybe, maybe these systems aren't working for us. Maybe we need to grow our own food. Maybe we need to make new energy systems. Maybe we need to uh, make a new banking system. So I also, I wanna end with, um, I, got, I just want you guys to look around and really breathe in what we've accomplished. I want you guys to put your hand on your heart and feel the fire in your heart. Feel the connection, the oneness with everybody. Feel that within. Feel, give yourself permission to feel the fierceness. You guys are all warriors. You're the front line. You showed up when we needed you. You showed up for your country. That's huge. You did that. So I, I respect the crap out of everybody here and it's, a, it's an honor to be here and uh, I love you. Come on up, man. Hey guys, my name is Jason. I'm from Ohio. And uh, I'm just gonna take a minute of your time, but I'm so proud to be a part of this. There's unity that's building here. I don't know if you guys were here from the beginning, but I came in here on day one and what happened on Saturday and even Sunday, where we're at now, we have made progress. I feel us coming together. I've been seeing united we stand, divided we fall on all of these different uh, uh, trucks all over. It's on my trailer. And that is, a, a, that is something that God has been giving me a vision on the value and the power of, of unity. You know, they say uh, divide and conquer. And if you guys have been mingling here amongst people, you get a grasp of what that means and why they want to keep us divided. Because when we're divided and you're talking, let me think about this. When you're talking to someone 
and you guys get on a point where you disagree with. This is the time to drop that point and find something to unite on because the division and the disagreeable points that we have are only going to divide us. They're only going to, we are at a war, okay? This is a brother standing next to you, the people you're talking. These people are, are going to war with you and we don't know what's gonna happen and this is not going to come to violence. But what is happening here needs cohesiveness and togetherness. We need to love each other and it's been happening. And so we should be proud of each other. We should be proud I'm proud to be a part of this, and I'm a huge thank you to the truckers, to everyone that's here. All of you have sacrificed something. You've sacrificed leaving your home, gave up your job. I, I, I'm here. I'm here to the end, and, and, and I've got a good job, and, and I'm cool with that. And, uh, you know, a comfortable home, sleeping in a trailer, on a couch that I put in my trailer. But uh, I'm here today because there's been a pull within me, and... It has drawn me to this place. I would have been happy to stay at home. I, 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 I'm the leader of a patriot group. I'm on a campaign. I have a lot going on. I, I organize a lot of rallies, but I would have been totally cool staying home from this. I watch Canadian truckers, and I'd have been cool just in my own personal what I want. But there was something that pulled me here, and I believe we were all that were here were here for a reason. You know, a cliche thing people would say, you were born for such a time as this. And I was like, ah, that's just, you know, kind of hoopla, right? But man, we really were. We really were. I want to just real quick share a little piece of my story because it's why I'm so passionate about this thing of united we stand, divided we fall. And I, so I grew up, I grew up Amish. At 21 years old, I left the Amish and I got excommunicated. So I got thrown out of all the people that I knew. I was not, uh, my best friends were like, we can't talk to you anymore. I was like on an island, man. And I got into bad company, all kinds of bad stuff, right? Went down the wrong road. And in March 2nd of 2012, uh, I was living in Southern Indiana and I was in a tornado. A tornado came through. I lived in a double wide and it was coming over the hill about a quarter mile away and I, basically knew it was going to take me out. I ran next door to a trailer where my buddy and his five kids lived. I grabbed the, one of the kids, him and his girlfriend grabbed the other. They ran over into my house. We got down on the floor and that tornado smacked us squarely. Picked the whole house up off the foundation and uh, I blacked out. When I woke up, I was about 300 feet in the air, spinning around in circles, literally on the inside of this funnel cloud. And then I blacked out. It threw me out of the funnel cloud and I landed almost a quarter mile away in a field. I had amnesia. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I came from, nothing. And I didn't find out until later in the hospital that the, uh, the whole family had died. I was the only one to make it. That was March 2nd of 2012. And I went down six to seven years of straight, hardcore PTSD addiction Five years ago, I was homeless, living in a homeless shelter in Akron, Ohio, addicted to heroin, crack, robbing everybody, whatever. And a friend of mine from church came and picked me up and he took me to his house and he had prayed around the property, put a bloodline around the property, he had anointed the property. And when I drove over that property line, something hit me. I didn't even know what he did. Something hit me. And I can't say that my life changed in that moment 
but within two months I was sober and this journey the last five years has been amazing it's been nothing but a miracle we if you believe in miracles a lot of us have stories like that but those miracles are are within all of us and each one of us bring that hope to the person beside us your testimony is the most powerful thing not your opinion not your you disagree with your testimony it has value and it means something and it encourages somebody and i really i feel like a hope dealer i've been going around and i was you know a little discouraged when we first got here but to spread hope and to look you know look at where i came from and where i'm at look at where we were at friday night when we got here saturday a lot of people quite a few people left the, the people that weren't supposed to be here left but the people that were supposed to be here are still here. And we fought to stay here. I have dealt with stuff back home, I'm sure you all have. And we have all fought to be here because we know this is the line in the sand. Every one of us, this is the line in the sand. So I was gonna share a story. Um, maybe I'll just kind of real quick. I'm not gonna go over the whole story. But I want to share the story of 2 Chronicles 20 where King Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And he was fighting all kinds of enemies, man. They were coming for him. And one morning, his, his advisors came and they're like, man, there's this big crowd of people coming, massive army, there's no way they could beat these guys. And, uh, and him and him and Judah and a whole, all of Judah, they said, we're gonna pray and fast. And they went and they said, they beseeched Jehovah. And a man, the spirit of the Lord came upon this man and he said, look, said the battle is the Lord's we're not going to win this fight in our strength but we're going to win it but it's not going to be like you think we're going to win it and I believe that's where we're at right now the way most of us hard working get your nails dirty spitting your grit right those things we want to fight like that but we're not going to win the battle that way this time we're not going to go down into DC we're not going to get angry we're not going to pull somebody out of their house we're not going to win the fight like that all they're going to do is put somebody else in place even if you know we want to end the emergency emergency order that was number one but even if we get that the battle is in the second heaven spiritual warfare we wrestle not against flesh and blood and i think most of us are on that page but in this story with jehoshaphat he says that uh, he said the battle is the lord you guys are you guys are going to win but it's not going to be how you think it says they rose up early in the morning. I'm sorry, hold on, you guys. Sorry, I just. What's that? This morning? Yeah. Hold on a second. So, Jehoshaphat, here's what he told him. He said, You're going to find men that are worshipers, and you're going to put the worshipers out in front of the battle, and they're going to go first, and they're going to face the enemy. Think how stupid that looked in the natural. He's going to send dudes that are out there singing heading towards the enemy they don't even have weapons well he said the lord told you to do that and you're going to do that and when they got down there it says when they got they rose up early in the morning they went into the wilderness and when they got down there the people had already turned against he says god had sent people liars in wait against the children of ammon moab and mount seir and they killed them and they turned against each other and when they got down there, every single person from that massive army was dead. 
Not one survived. They took three days to clean up the spoils. And I believe the wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. And if we go out, and we've been declaring this around D.C., these truckers are the worshipers. And they're going out in front of us. We're all praying, right? We're all believe this is spiritual war, right? We're all affecting the spiritual atmosphere. So the truckers are the worshipers. They're out front. When you drive around that beltway, make the declaration that the walls of Jericho must come down. Yeah, come on. And so we drive around there and the enemy will destroy themselves. The rats are going to jump the ship. They're going to start taking each other out. We're going to have judges with backbone stand up. However God wants to do it. But this thing is going to go down. In our, we win either way. We win either way. But we, there's so much hope. The battle is the Lord's, guys. That's what I want to leave you with. Love you guys. I love you guys. I love everybody here. Appreciate you guys. All right, so unless anybody else wants to come up and, uh, you know, say a few words, we're going to do some music for dinner. So everybody go get some food in you. But we'll be back at it, and uh, we'll be continuing to do this uh, right before, you know, right before the, uh, the meeting. You got some words, brother? So um, my name's Justin, and I spoke kind of earlier before the crowd kind of got a little bigger. And I just want to remind uh, everybody that, is feeling spiritually called or led to gather or whatever that we're going to try to meet somewhere in the back i don't know if it'll be by the bonfires or the hill and we're going to try to meet together and maybe like experience uh maybe the journey the emotional roller coaster or gather around and kind of pick each other up pray maybe be encouraged by the the, the word of the lord and uh just come free don't even think about it just come free and uh praise god America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. That's why I created Conservative Dad's ultra-right, 100% woke-free beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right, by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it is in our beer. 
If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values. And to the rest of you woke corporations, stay the f*** away from our kids. Buy yours online in 42 states at ultrarightbeer.com. Tastes like freedom. <laughs>